You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brent McCoy. Hi. Chris Scales. Good evening. David Hall. How many wins you got? Greg Hectus. Leave it be. Mason Stiver. Hey, guys. Tony Groves. Howdy, fellas. Hey, and special guest, Jesse Gray. How's it going? Hey, welcome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Jesse uh, Gray, you are a new uh, team member at Team Tafosi, uh, so welcome. And uh, your first time on the podcast, so let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, tell us, where, where did you first hear about iRacing? Uh, what was the circumstance, and when did you first hear about it? First time was uh, back when Dale Jr. was still involved racing himself. And I want to say whatever it was called before the Peak Series, iRacing Series, and watched a couple of YouTube videos, and videos from there, I just started down the wormhole. And as soon as I got the funding, about 2010 when I started, about 2012, 2013, when I got enough money up and got going and been ever at it ever since. All right. Yeah. You've been around since 2012 here looking at your stats page. Uh, your winning percentage in Oval, pretty impressive, 3.9% overall. Looks like you ran most of your laps back in the early years, 2012 through 2014. Uh, you have a lot of laps back then. Yeah. I, uh, I got into it pretty heavy right off the get go really wanted to learn it was before this the only thing i did with the wheel itself was xbox and obviously the physics are way different so it was i knew i needed to put in laps just to get the physics down ever since i've just been trying to continue to build and learn from there all right very good uh tell us what kind of hardware are you running wheels pedals sim uh how many monitors or vr Got a Logitech 920 with play seat and a single 47-inch monitor. All right, very good. And what about third-party software? Got TeamSpeak. I also use the uh, Sim Racing apps. That's So far, that's it. All right. Yeah, Sim Racing apps is great for the countdown to pit road. That's the big one. And I also use it for... Uh, fuel calculations and whatnot, oil temp. It's got a lot of good stuff. Very good information. I uh, That was a recent find for me. So that was the pit road countdown was crucial, especially with NIS. Yeah, when you have that verbal five, four, three, you can almost not even look for your pit. You know, you can just rely on the audio cue. Yeah, very, very helpful. The uh, Like you say, the pit strategy with the fuel that's extremely helpful. The other thing I personally like is the uh, I have the top 10 always up. I'm always comparing my current lap or previous lap to uh, the top 10 and just to see how I'm pacing with them. All right. Let's talk about what are you currently running? Uh, are you doing official, hosted, league, and how often a week are you running? As far as league, the only league I'm running in right now is the uh, Northwest Racing Series. Jeff Stabnow and Sean Breitzman do a great job with that series. Uh, being on the West Coast, most of the leagues are East Coast time and just can't make it and commit to running a full season. So I've 
stuck with those guys and they do a great job every single week it is extremely competitive i think uh this past week 20 top 20 was within two and a half three tenths so just extremely good group to run with as far as official run uh just the nas series this time of year when it's not running i try to play around with the dirt a little bit never been a big fan of the dirt but ever since i brought it on here i've kind of Ran the 305 sprint car is the main one that I run, but been just trying to learn that side a little bit. And every once in a while, I explore onto the roadside just to kind of get all the all that iRacing has to offer. All right. Well, you're a heck of an oval racer. I've raced with you once. Uh, I had some bad luck, but you were doing uh, much better than I. I just but, try to get... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I just try to get better and better every time out. But yeah, I I've uh, I've definitely would say oval is my strength. All right. Well, we're happy to have you on Team Tavosi. Absolutely. Uh, so let's finish up with what is your most uh, memorable iRacing moment so far? So far, it's just uh, this is my first year now running all full season at NIS is the plan. And I really like running that. Uh, previously, it would be running just assuming I'm running with the guys named. Uh, I ran on the dirt side with some Kyle Larson, a little bit of Clint Boyer. Uh, names like that. I don't know if I'm running with them. They don't say anything, but regardless, just big K&N guys, stuff of that nature. It's really nice. Just you're not going to get that opportunity anywhere else. And uh, like you mentioned, joining you guys is probably the big thing right now for me. I'm I'm excited to uh, work with you guys and try to build from there and do better. So I appreciate uh, the opportunity to run with you guys. Yeah, we're happy to have you. It's always fun racing a real racer. Uh, I think all of us have run into somebody at some point on the track, and uh, it's always fun when you beat them, too. I've uh, been lucky enough to run right up to the back of Clint Boyer, or I would assume Clint Boyer, at, in the dirt side, so I'm pretty proud of that one. I could agree with that statement. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fired up. I, I remember, uh, I think it was about a year ago, Tony Stewart did some kind of thing with the peak drivers where he was out there at Pocono, and I actually jumped in and ghosted that race, and I was like, up behind him and then i got by him and then i pulled away from him and i was like oh my god i just passed tony stewart uh, uh, yeah uh, but anyway that's uh, always a, a, a neat thing but uh all right jesse gray thanks for ha uh, coming on let's uh go into stories but first let's talk about our sponsors uh sponsored series sim racing authority has a league on sunday nights called the sunday night xfinity iRacers lounge podcast series race uh, April 28th, they completed at Kentucky. Jake Nichols continued his dominance with another pole and 105 out of 130 laps led in the race. He earns his fourth win of the season. David Shutt can't, coming home second. Kyle Putts third. Delonta Bob Ballard and Nate Tretow round out the top five. With only three races remaining in the regular season before the chase, the battle in the standings for the last playoff position is extremely close. Only 12 points separate P10, Delonta Ballard in the standings from P15, Lachlan McMillan. The battle continues Sunday at Martinsville, which is sure to be an exciting event. Now, they also posted that they are looking for new drivers to join that Sunday Xfinity Series. They're on week 8 out of 15, uh, and even though you're not, you've missed half of it, uh, they're still looking for drivers to join them, so check it out. All right, let's jump to stories. Chris, uh, Jarl Tian. Yeah, he uh, 
tweeted out a post um, said, "Wow, huge thanks to G2 Sim Racing and Logitech for this awesome package. After a decent finish last night, the ninth place, this just made my week even better." Yeah, it looks like he's the the next driver on the peak list to receive um, some gear. So he got about a uh, five hundred dollars worth of Logitech stuff. Um, got a, a G29 webcam, mouse pad, a Spectrum headset, and a keyboard. Nice. Can't turn down free stuff, right? Heck no. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I said, it's still way cheaper than what it costs for uh, real world real world drivers. I'm sure. Yeah, and that C922 Pro uh, stream webcam, I have that along with that Spectrum headset, and those are both really nice to have. Yeah, somebody had um, replied on on that post that that was uh, a headset they had used, and it was the best one they ever had. It doesn't didn't really look like anything special in the picture, but it, yeah, it must be pretty awesome and for so, less than 100 bucks i think i spent like 250 bucks on my astros that's uh that's the headset i used and the camera i use as well same same good reviews yeah the headset's amazing the yes that wireless one surround sound wireless it's really good yeah i have the wired version of that and i love them yeah the logitech spectrum if you're in the market for headset sounds like that's the way to go for under 100 bucks i had the camera too and also good reviews Okay, let's go on to the next one. I got this one. Season 2 Patch 3 was released May 2nd. Uh, they fixed a bunch of little things in beta UI, as usual. Uh, official series fixed registration and practice issues for the first event of the week. Sometimes when it switched over, uh, there were some registration issues. Uh, they did fix that alien invasion green glow in the rendering problem. I uh, I saw this the other night, and Mason, you saw it too when you were spotting for me, didn't you? Oh yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times on my own. But yeah, yeah, I could see it outside your car. Yeah, so uh, watch for that to be fixed. And then a bunch of stuff in VR. Uh, there's new options for alignment fixes uh, added to the Open VR section of the Renderer DX11.ini file in My Documents iRacing folder. Uh, there's several things in there that you can adjust. Uh, Mason, anything that we should go over? Um, yeah, we got the mirror, the, you overwrite the, the eye, which says frustrums, top and bottom with left eye. So it's just all this correcting stuff for your VR headset if it's not working well. I'm not a huge VR person, so David or Chris might be able to talk more about this, but, um, Okay, now it's ringing a bell. Certain uh, units, I think like the uh, Vive, they need certain settings to work better than other VR goggles. And, and so this gives a few options where you can toggle those off. I think that's what I remember reading. Yep, sounds yeah, about right. I haven't really had any issues So uh, with the Rift. It's, it works pretty fine. Um, the only thing that looks interesting is this... Uh, thing with the vertical vertical mirror, which I'm gonna have to look a little bit more into with the virtual mirror, but uh, a vertical shift on the mirror, yeah, something like that. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, David, season three schedule for the roadside. All right, the iRacing staff is asking for the community members to submit uh, documents for schedule and length of races. Um, I glanced down the replies, one of them, and it looks like there's a. Uh, a lot more in season three for most of the dif different divisions that are going to be pretty well set by real life schedule, but still any of the off weeks, they definitely try to go with, with what the community asks for. So you'll see links in the show notes, go on there and submit forms. If you're interested. 
Yeah, that's just three of the road series. We just took a sampling of the links. There's about 35 or something. So he, he actually posted 35 different times in each and every series they have uh, looking for feedback. And so if, if you want to do feedback, you really need to go to that forum for that particular series and find the post. All right, Tony Groves, throwback. Yeah, this uh, started out on, on Twitter, and it looks to me like uh, Dale Jr. actually kind of kicked this subject off, um, posting a a picture of some uh, you know older late 80s, early 90s cars on tracks, and uh, the question pops up. Um, you know, if get some of those historical cars onto the onto the sim. And Steve Myers uh, replied saying uh, that they have talked about it, um, but they weren't sure if, uh, you know, there's a market for it. They're, you know, they, they fear if they they build the cars that they won't come. I fully disagree with that. I'm sure they are. I'm sure people will buy them. Um, followed all that up on the forums with a, with a poll asking people. And... Uh, well, majority, 69%, 190 people um, are ready to jump on this idea if they, they get it going. Uh, I think this would be cool. I'd love to see some of these old cars. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of leagues that would run this. And uh, there's definitely... I'm curious, though. They have some classic road car uh, official series. I wonder how those have been doing. Well, if you look back, even if you go to NASCAR 2000 uh th three that the this all came from the pat if you look at how many people would download these old cars to upload it into the game as a mod you know that would tell you what, why these people would use this i think it's a good idea i think leagues is probably the biggest area like you're saying is where it's going to be popular but you could probably run an old time schedule with it and have a sanctioned series running older versions of tracks like uh, they used to or whatever. Yeah, you have an alternate NIS series that runs a 1987 cop car. That'd be I'd cool. Buy it. And you Test run out. the schedule from 1987, too. Test out the new tire model. <laughs> I would buy it. I mean, it, uh, those cars look cool. And back then, you got to look at the picture. The cars are not sealed to the ground. They don't have all these ground effects. They don't have the... The thing that touches the, the pavement, you know, it, it, there's nothing on the front, you know, a big old uh, scoop to scoop up uh, grass, you know, all that's missing. And so it's really a mechanical device where mechanical grip rules. And uh, I'm sure arrows, uh, you know, they punch a big hole. It looks like an arrow, too. If you look at the front of Daryl Waltrip's car, it's flat. I mean, it's flat, flat. And, and you know that's not good for arrow. Uh, but uh, obviously the racing was kind of interesting back then. Well, and, and Brent, this is really good for you because they'll have analog gauges on the dash, so you'll really like that. There you go. I'm telling you, man, it makes you faster. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. Brent, uh, preview for damage. Yeah, damage. It's coming to iRacing. Sooner or later, we're going to get it. iRacing went and released a video showing the new damage model. Um, there's three cars or four cars in the video. There's the Corvette at Detroit, the Skippy, the Aston, the Formula 3 car, the Renault car. The damage model looks pretty good for what they have so far. Understand, guys, that this is going to be a long process going through each car, picking out the physics of the car and the damage that happens. So none of this is going to be released all at one time. They Alexander Horn went and made a note, I believe, stating that this was going to be released throughout time. 
And the first cars that are probably going to be released, he could not confirm this, but the first ones that are probably going to be released are what you see in the video. So it's a great looking video. You got wheels flying off the skippies. You got independent wheel damage and how they realistically damage the suspension in the car. And it just looks like an overall wonderful thing that's going to become an iRacing here sooner. I was impressed. I mean, especially with the Corvette stuff. Um, the way, you know, he goes into the tire barrier and the way that the parts are coming off the car, it looks realistic. It really does. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell, you know, because a lot of this video is slowed down. But you know how we, when you get into, especially in the Skippies or even the A cars, you get in those accents and you tend to speed up some, you know, unrealistic. We're like, well, that's just eye racing. From what it looks like here, it looks like they have this pretty well solid as far as physics wise physics, where, yeah yeah where these cars slow down and the damage looks good and he also made a comment saying that the damage would stay on the track but he cannot confirm for how long or short a period of time and he is not positive that the damage that's left on the track if you were to run it over would cause damage to your car so that might be a new wrinkle that we're going to have to deal with um just making it more realistic every update that's uh it's interesting there's the corvette running into the tire barrier and tires are flying off so it looks like tires fly off the cars pretty easily well and i think this is gonna help i think it's gonna help the racing too though once they do this uh because you're gonna have cars that probably would normally continue in a race are now gonna not be able to finish the race like they used to if you know if it's got tire damage like that you'd never have a damage to the Corvette, like that's showing in that uh, thing there. If you hit the wall, you probably just bounce off of it and have maybe a little bit of left front damage or whatever. But uh, I think the reason that they're also putting on these certain cars is maybe they're trying to, maybe they'll be bringing them out trying to get some more uh, action in those series too. Oh, they're just doing them one at a time kind of thing. So uh, one car at a time. My big thing is I imagine an oval race and you're coming around turn four and you, you're, you're presented a litter of debris. Like you've seen that in real IndyCar races where they come around turn four and everything, there's this litter and fiberglass everywhere, carbon fiber and shards of it and just pieces and everything. And that's, what's going to be cool is, is, Oh, I got to pick my way through this stuff. That comes up with a couple of uh, unforeseen consequences, maybe. Uh, what about when uh, cautions are off, like every road course? You know, is the debris just going to kind of be in the way? because It'll disappear when, when after it, a bit. As possible. When we're getting this little catch-22 on any of the road courses, whether it's in a stock car, sports car, or, uh, or F car, formula car, you have to, um, when there's a yellow flag out, you're supposed to really, really back off and not pass. Uh, but we actually had an incident at Sebring when we were running our, the six-hour enduro race that basically kind of occurred because even though there's a yellow flag out, the first and second place cars came barreling through on our on our inside. Um, so I wonder how much more complicated that's going to be if you're having to race full speed through debris. You had to remind me of that, eh? Well, I'm pointing out that part of it is because <laughs> of the way the yellow flag happens, and I'm trying to trying to make you feel better so part the, of the the thing is is that issue there or maybe that's a thing that they might have to address where you know maybe some of these series do have to start getting full course cautions maybe or a way to enforce passing under yellow even on local cautions so um they also uh made note that he wasn't intentionally poking fun 
of the poor General Motors executive that wrecked the Corvette pace car at Detroit because in the video they had an identical kind of wreck at the same corner, the same spot, the same car, the same track. And I, I, everyone, at first I thought it was just a pun, but he did mention it wasn't on purpose. When you have to explain it, it usually is. All right, Mason, uh, Rallycross Pro Qualifier Format announced. Yep, we got the uh, Pro Series qualifying um, announced. We have the qualifying series will be the standard iRacing Rallycross Series. Um, like I said, standard series, 12 weeks with four drop weeks. Um, there's 13 drivers locked in from 2018. The top 11 drivers in the overall standings from the qualifying series, which is the Rallycross series, um, who are not current drivers will be considered for entry. And similarly to last year, two spots are reserved for iRacing's discretion for a max field size of 26. Also, similar to last year, there will be no rule against changing cars from race to race, which is very interesting. Um, but they reserve the right to change that. And uh, the prize pool will be $25,000. And uh, the races are Saturday at 1345 GMT uh, from Thursday night. They're also closing in on a potential sponsor for the series. So potential for more cool prizes. Wow. Four drops in 12 weeks. That's what caught me. It's nice to see that they might have another sponsor, though, coming in. So top 11 get moved up to be pros, guys. Go get it, man. Rallycross. 25,000 bucks? That's pretty cool. Okay, Chris. Uh, uh, week 6 date change. Yep, uh, per Tyler, Tyler Hudson on the forums, um, week 6 of the iRacing Endurance Le Mans series has changed to the 25th and 26th of May. And that's due to the 24-hour Le Mans being that following weekend, um, June 1st and 2nd. All right, that makes sense, right? Try to line it up with the big race. Yeah, yeah, I didn't didn't see anybody complaining about it on the forums. That seems like a good change to me. What do you think, David? You're our road guy. I thought it was already the week before, so this this was news to me. I, I seem to remember saying something to the other guys that it was going to be the week before, so it was going to be great to to get it in as a practice for the 24-hour race. Yeah. And remember uh, how dark it is at Lama. They don't have lighting. And through the middle of the night, guys, it is a challenge. I trust you. When the day-night thing first came out, I went and tried it. And it is hard, hard. I hope they fix the headlights before that race. <laughs> Turn a few laps, and it gets pretty easy if you're a road guy. You got to get it memorized, that's for sure. All right, David, hero cards. So Richmond Motorsports, one of the owners in the Peak Series, is really getting behind their drivers. We had a post from Malik Ray, and they sent him in the e in his uh, snail mail some hero cards. And there was a, another fellow that, on their team that got one as well. Um, That's pretty cool. That's like a thing that your fan would ask us for a signature on, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Mullis also got his in the mail. They were both really excited. And then uh, in the in the same thread, Ray, or uh, I'm sorry, not Ray, um, Malik, yeah, Malik Ray, posted that he's been now, he's now sponsored by Sims Heats, as well as uh, the racetrack. They flow him down to Daytona. They took him to, to the race at Richmond. He's got a whole new rig. They're building him a rig. He's got a whole new computer system and three curved monitors. So the peak guys are definitely getting support 
from the guys that have drafted him now. Seems like it, uh, to some degree or another, right? Pretty cool. Uh, I think I want to sponsor. All right, I got the next one, uh, Beta UI. This is kind of a neat little tidbit uh, I found from Nicholas Bailey from the staff. He says, uh, part of the problem with the performance of the Beta UI was that a lot of the data processing is done on the client side, so that means the driver's computer, and the tool we, we were using to do that was not up to the task. So we are changing that tool and also moving most, if not all, of the session processing back to the server side. So that's really good, guys. That's a fundamental shift or change in how the beta UI is designed, like literally from the ground up. And that's what we've been waiting for forever is for them to announce something like this because what they've developed is this garbage. It's just, I mean, because you, it's all dependent on the computer that you're running it on. And it's very intensive on that computer. And if you don't have a proper computer, it's going to be bogged down slow. And then they also admitted that the tool that they use inside of that it obviously was not up to the task. And so there's no fixing it. So they've finally realized, look, we got to do it a different way. We got to process this on the on our side and just let them view it, you know, kind of like a website. Duh. Stick to the website. So if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? Right. And like well, we've talked about before, I mean, we already yeah. know that it's an HTML5 <laughs> kind of coding. And they can show it in an executable. It doesn't need to be in a browser. But they need to process it on the server side so there isn't these uh, delays and slowdowns and all this other crap. The part that I, get, I think they considered broke is that they couldn't do the secure uh, service on, through the website. Right. Which is a pretty big issue, you know. Is it? I mean, what it, are we? It trying means to anybody can trace your password when yeah, you log in. Yeah, your password, in. your credit card, your all that information, your address. I mean, that's all. But all there. that is under no, that's under HTTPS. If you look closely, if you log into those areas, you'll see it change the website. It goes from HTTP to HTTPS. So, in reality, the website that we're using to launch the the races, uh, sure, they can see what race I'm joining. Okay, but the fear is that password. The password's still secure. I I don't think that's really it. But uh, Greg, uh, let's talk to the next one. Porsche Esports Super Cup. Well, it looks like uh, Martin Kronke swept the weekend at Mid Ohio, uh, cruising away from the field uh, in the sprint race. Uh, held off uh, an intense pressure from his uh, both uh, Jared is it Fassell and teammate Josh Rogers in the feature to score the first event and then swept it uh, in the second event after qualifying eighth. And I guess they inverted the field or he converted from an eight car inversion of the sprint race uh, grid and dominated the weekend, led all 33 laps and uh, of both races. So uh, Kroenke took home another extra thousand dollars uh, bonus money, and he's now jumped to third in the championship points. So, looks like uh, he's had a good race there. It looks like uh, was it him that posted it? Uh, iRacing posted the battle that he was having. Uh, that they had what it a like battle. a pretty good battle. Oh yeah, that's an amazing battle. I definitely uh, suggest watching that video. 
uh, Josh Rogers was all over him like glue, and he was flashing his lights at him like, get out of the way, get out of the way, but no, he didn't budge. The other thing I'll say is just a week or two ago on this show, I said, where is Martin Kroenke? Why aren't we seeing this guy? And guess what? He heard me, and he wins. I love it. And that's not an easy track to uh, to stay in front of somebody. There's a lot of big bro- breaking points, and then you have that long run down to the one major breaking point. So if uh, he's able to keep him out from that battle, it's a really good uh, job. Now, they did a remix video, Alexander Horn, of course, uh, who's legendary for these things. Uh, it was a good watch. I definitely watched it, and... Uh, it's it's interesting the the quality of road racing that we're seeing here. Uh, when he was first uh, battling that other guy, I forget his name. They were side by side for almost an entire lap, uh, uh, doing some amazing racing. The guy eventually spun off that he was racing. He kind of got off to one side, and Martin uh, kept the lead though. All right, uh, next up, uh, Tony Groves Nurburgring Incident Limit. Yeah, this one. Uh... Kind of confuses me a little bit here. On our show notes, it says uh, the incident limit's at 200, but according to the forums, it says 240. 240. So has <laughs> there been an increase or a decrease, or you know, do we got the scoop on this decrease? I don't uh, know. What's going on? Anyways, uh, there's at least 200 incident points. I don't know. That's a lot. To... Wasn't there a discrepancy at Daytona as well? Well, the post has been edited only eight different times, so who knows? Yeah, I was going to say, I swear when I looked at it earlier in the week, it was 200. That's why I wrote it there, but I could have been mistaken. No, they could have probably changed it after you wrote it. That's all. Well, the last update was uh, the 29th at uh, about 1130 in the morning, so that was Monday. So, yeah. That's all. I mean, 240 incidents is what the... Wasn't that Daytona? Is that what we had at Daytona? What was the... Amount at Daytona, I can't I'm just worried now. about Le Mans myself. But well, that's... it won't be a big deal at Le Mans because you don't really pick up incident points at Le Mans. You pick up slowdowns. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of runoffs, but you know that's a 16.1 mile an hour or mile track. You know, got 240 inches for 24 hours. That's a lot of that's a lot of corners and stuff too. A lot of corners to memorize. I, I I've never really taken the time to learn that track. Um, what all this incident limit talk comes from is well two places the bus stop at at daytona because you could get faster laps by cutting that constantly without getting a slowdown if you did it just right and spa you could just rack up x after x after x to get faster times not get a slowdown and a lot of people were just uh infuriated with how people were going ahead and abusing it and not being too worried about their safety rating for that one race yeah, spa. So, I've heard that before. So they would they they came up with the the incident limit for there at Daytona. We we had the incident limit, and I don't I don't think it we came anywhere close to worrying about I it. I think we were half of it or something. Wasn't there wasn't there one team that got disqualified for that whole thing? Yeah, it was like one uh, or two. Yeah, somebody got disqualified in their in our race, but I think that's because they didn't observe a a black flag. All right, so we're not running Nurburgring, but we're going to plan for Lamar. One uh, month away. Yeah. I need to run some laps there tonight. Maybe I'll do that as a no. late-night activity. I, I I preach and I preach. I preach. If you can, run a race. You learn so much more in one of those one-hour well, races. What car races. are we running, David? 
Uh, it, it, at least one team is going to be running the Porsche 919 because that's the one we've been focused on for the season. That's the one that, that I know really well. Yeah. Is that car capable for the overall? Yes, that's yes, the LMP1. But, but get some laps down on it. <laughs> I need to buy it. I don't even have it. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, Mason, Week 8 Super Session. Yep, we got our Super Session this week. It's the Dirt Legends at Kokomo. 500 bucks up for grabs. That's right. Put your uh, dirt shoes on and get on out there. If I didn't work Saturdays, I would be all over this. Remember, it's the top 30 in points for the week, not top 30 overall. Right, so you just got to do a couple runs in in the middle of the week in this series, and then you're eligible to per perhaps get in that Saturday race where all that money is up for grabs. It's probably based off of like strength of fields, right, for points? Well, and like it, just like is. any other series, yeah. So, all right, let's keep moving. Brent, why are multiple accounts allowed? Yeah, I'm surprised we keep on talking about this because this issue has come up probably a bunch of times in the past year that I've been doing this, and I'm surprised people still have questions about this. iRacing, um, the question is on the forums, why are multiple accounts allowed for one individual? They consider it cheating, you know, because you can get suspended for using a friend's account. You can get suspended for letting them use your account and so forth. So the question is, why are people allowed to have a secondary account? And we're never going to get an answer out of iRacing. I don't think that's ever going to happen. There's several people that chimed in on this, and the most common one, given my opinion, is that it boils down to money. iRacing is getting money from those secondary accounts. And there's also multiple people had mentioned that it comes time to individuals who want to practice on different account and then race on their primary one or vice versa. And then there's different sets that people use for different accounts. So again, this issue keeps on coming up or this, this conversation keeps on coming up, you know, sooner or later, it is what it is people. Well, it, you know, it is about money, but I think it's more about, in my opinion, um, it's an automated system and nobody's screening this, you know, for example, uh, in this thread, uh, somebody points out that Malik Ray, the peak driver has two accounts and they show him in the points with both in the same uh, truck uh, points division with both of his accounts. He's P1 in points and he's also P158 in points. His second account is Malik O Press. And so what's to stop Malik Ray from logging into iRacing and hitting new account and signing up as a Malik O Ray or, or whatever name he made up, O Press, and nothing stopping him from doing that. They'll take his money. It's all automated. It, you, I mean, you got to remember, there's not an iRacing staff member taking his credit card and saying, okay, what's your first and last name? Oh, we, you already have an account? No, the computer doesn't see all that stuff. They just see it as a different person. And, and so nobody even sees it happening. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what um, how many individuals have secondary accounts. I know there's a lot out there. Of the 80,000 plus members on iRacing, how many of those are second secondary accounts? And, you know, single what, digits. What yeah, percentage. Anything, yeah, what iRacing even do? You know, they're not going to say, well, you can't have a second account because then they're losing those hundreds of dollars a year, you know? Well, think well, about the, the, the time staff would have to take to figure it out. Okay, we got to go figure out this guy's IP address, go on to this guy's IP address, and then cross reference them, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think another thing you need. To, sorry, David, just one more point here, and then you can go. Another thing people need to, I think, take into consideration: what difference does it really matter? You know, they're um, treated like a second person, whether it's a, whether it's one individual and they're in the top 100 in both accounts, 
what difference does that really matter to you who's trying to do the best that they can? My advice to you would be to go out and beat both of those accounts. There's two reasons that I can think of that you might want to do this. Uh, one, it allows some of these guys with the, with the crazy high I ratings to go jump down and run some fun races down in the lower series without being overly obsessed with the damage that might happen to their I rating if they're yep. racing in a, in a race with somebody who has an 800 I rating. Uh, number two, street, there's some streamers that actually use the second account so that they can stream uh, TV coverage rather than just first-person view. And that is a real, like a, a real legitimate reason for a second account is the streamer thing. But in this case, like with Malik Ray, he's actually racing in the same series under both accounts. And that's a little bit different. But like Brent said, what difference does it matter? Let's go beat him. It's well, more money just, for iRacing. Not even just that. Time and Jeskey's what, number one and number two, right? With his, his right. two accounts? Right, he's got two accounts. I mean, it, it means that the iRacing can make more money and... Uh, so I don't see why it would really bother anybody. Is it just right. a fake outrage crowd? No, irate outrage is the currency of the day. That's right. It's 2019. All right, Chris, World of Outlaws. Uh, Chase Cabre and Swindell Speed Labs dominated um, the World Outlaws NOS or NOS Energy Sprint Car Race Six um, at Kokomo. Uh, other notables, Tim Ryan didn't even make the feature. What? And uh, Alex Bergeron only led one lap. What? Chase Cabret. Yeah, I watched this. Uh, it was an interesting race. Chase was on it. Yeah, and uh, Drew Adamson um, stuck up that, that rewind. That rewind's only three minutes, and it kind of covers uh, like the best three minutes of what was an awesome race. But um, yeah, Cabret just kind of. Uh, Stuck it to that that Larson line out there by the wall and <laughs> just whooped him, man. Yeah, I've raced Chase Cabret in NIS probably three, four years ago. Um, but yeah, he's kicking butt over there in dirt. All right, I got the next one. Uh, eyeballs on the U.S. Uh, Evan Pasato Pasaco. He's the peak uh, announcer guy. Uh, he posted on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Uh, what the broadcast viewership was uh, for the peak race at Tally. It was 173,000 views on NASCAR's Facebook page, with the final replay upload amounting to an additional 143,000 views on its own. Wow. 350,000 views, sort of, right there, guys. That's uh, significant. I'd like to see how that compares to a lot of Netflix series. How does that compare to a regular NASCAR broadcast? It, it's not much less, to tell you the truth. Mm, regular well, broadcast reached the millions. But, but if you think about it, there was more. that's more views than the people that attend multiple races from NASCAR. Like right. It's, that's a got lots of... For something that is still in its infancy to, you know, the broadcasting point where they're now trying to do this, it, that's a really good number to hit pretty quickly. It is. It's doing well. I mean, if you think about the the viewership and attendance for NASCAR events, the only sport that does better is the NFL. Yeah. So, like, if NASCAR put up like a, a race rewind or a highlights of their tally Talladega race on a Monday morning, how many views does something like that get? And does it match up? I don't think you know with the broadcasting rights, they don't post any of that stuff. You can't really find. Unless you recorded it yourself, oh, you can't Fox go back and do it. it, right? You can, well, you can watch highlights, but you can't watch a full race. Go back and watch a full race like this is. Eh, you can't on YouTube, yeah. I think. Well, they also do do a replay early in the morning. 
they have a full replay and I don't remember if it's Fox or NBC, they actually have it recapped within an hour. They'll do the actual cup race squeezed, compressed down into an hour on like early Monday morning, like 3 a.m. Must be nice being in the States when you guys get extra stuff like that. In Canada, you get it one playthrough and you're lucky to not have it taken out by something else. I think another thing that comes into play of this is ease of access, right? You look at everyone, everybody almost has, you know, the phone with internet on them. So you can jump on there and take a look. Um, I know several people that don't have a television, that don't have cable anymore, but they have internet. So I think ease of access plays into this. Yeah, and everybody's on Facebook and on your phone. and So, yeah, it's easy to watch racing. I was showing it off at work. I was showing David's stream the other day to some of my new coworkers, and they were like, wow, what is this? That looks like it's real racing. That's, that's a game? Now, my question is, too, how does some of the these being sponsored by peak or by NASCAR companies and actually putting their sponsors on those cars, draw people to it too. Like when they see the interstate batteries, 18 car, right. Or the wood brothers 21. Yeah. I think it helps. Yeah. It's big. If the, everything that's happened this year with peak, uh, they, the viewership, uh, is really gone up. Now I did ask, uh, Evan in Twitter, how does it compare to past broadcast? But he never did respond. Uh, so I was kind of curious how much higher they're up, but um, I really don't have an answer yet. It may be early to start talking history, but I think this is a uh, benchmark year. It must for, be for the sport. Yeah. Well, they probably never had 173,000 views in total for a whole season, probably on the way that it was broadcasted before. And that Talladega race was just awesome. It really. Was. All right, let's keep moving. Brent, 16 paved ovals. Yeah, Nick Nevin. Excuse me. Went and posted a. Um, he created a list. This is just his personal opinion on this list. So this is nothing official from NASCAR or um, iRacing about tracks that he wish would would be scanned into iRacing or are completely missing. Just for or the oval, oval side of things, he's got you know he's got Texas, Kansas, or correction, Texas, Kentucky, Phoenix. He's got uh, Memphis International Raceway in there. He also included some tracks from the ARCA series in the K&N East and West. So, for example, Nashville's Fairgrounds, um, Kern County Raceway. So, he also likes the Pikes Peak International. He broke this down pretty nice. So, if you guys want to take a look, it's kind of hard to explain over here through the podcast. But he's got several different breakdowns of tracks that he would like from different parts of the country. He's also got some road racing uh, thoughts in there. So, again, Nick Nevin, thank you. Yep, take a check. Take a look at that. He's basically made a list of what's missing out of the major racing series in the world. Which tracks are we missing? And he made basically a comprehensive list. So there's your roadmap, iRacing. Unfortunately, Memphis isn't isn't being visited by NASCAR anymore. I'm, I've heard rumors they might be trying to take the trucks back there. I wish they would. That's the closest track for me. Nashville's getting torn down, I heard. They're going to put in garages or buildings or something. They have a real problem in the national community with, with noise complaints. All right. Mason, car updates. Yeah, we got uh, some information on the new NASCAR content that's coming in the June build. Uh, the Cup car, the Mustang, is going to be in the, in the June build, and the updated Silverado will also be in the June build. However, not the Xfinity car uh, updated Camaro or the Supra. Those will not be in. But the Mustang and Silverado are coming. 
Um, there's no official news as far as if you bought the Fusion within the last year um, and a half and you get the Mustang for free like they did with the Camaro, but uh, we'll be clarified closer to the build. My question is, is normally they post a, you know, something more than this beforehand and all of a sudden it's just now just coming out just as a text, like in, in the forums. Usually they post, a, I was at there, you know, there was no hint of them scanning it or anything like that. Nothing. Yes, this is kind of one of those little tidbits that kind of came under the radar. Someone said they're they're always asking about the F-150. Why don't we have the F-150 in the truck series? Someone said we will get blowing flags first, probably right after we get people walking around the stands. Oh God, Mason, let it go. So the Ford Mustang, I imagine when it comes out in June, and of course they'll have the new package. Will they revert the Ford Fusion back to the 2018 rule package and retire the car? Or will you be able to run the Fusion or the Mustang throughout the rest of the year? They'll have to make it retire it. They'll have to, because I think they remember they said that they were waiting, they was going to be reverted back um, as soon as the updated Mustang came out and something when they first uh, brought the package out last time. Right. All right, David, uh, we got a post from Noah. Noah Gregson had threw up a hosted race for the Xfinity series and nested on his Twitter and then pointed out, I guess, Twitch, you can do donations, right? Supposedly. Yes. Okay. He, he put down the highest donor wins his helmet. And so he put out a, he was basically, I guess, auctioning off his helmet as he was running a, a hosted race at Dover. Pretty neat. So I wonder who won it. There's no update after that. I see one post, just one reply. Somebody says, I donate 10, and then that's it. That's all that's on the thread. So yeah, I wonder if he got the helmet for 10. That would be funny if he did. Yeah, I saw that. I was at work, and I was thinking, boy, I'd be jumping on that if I had time. Maybe check it out, maybe get a deal for a helmet. Well, it know. looks like from on his Twitter, the last, anything that was close to it, he said, thanks for everyone who was watching Twitch tonight. Next Wednesday, I'm going to be doing a lot more giveaways for the top three. Be ready. Thanks. Uh, thank you all. Uh, you guys are the best. Oh, so you're doing it again. So what day? Uh, well, this was posted 20 hours ago, so it's next Wednesday. Aha. So there you go. Look for Noah Gragson on Twitter and uh, go race with him. All right. Let's keep moving. Uh, Brent, F-A-L-S. Yeah, update here from the uh, Dirt Road, correction, the Dirt Oval side of things as far as tracks new tracks coming fairbury american legion speedway located in central illinois home of the prairie dirt classic is will not be in the june build but it looks promising for september and this is coming from tyler hudson so for you dirt racers out there looking for a new oval track i'm reading several individuals posts on this uh, forum post here saying that they hope it gets added to the pro series doing a brief look at it, it looks like a pretty decent track small Possibly quarter mile, quarter mile of a track. So definitely interesting. It's good to see new track coming to iRacing again, and especially with this dirt stuff taking off as well as it is. Okay, cool. Another track coming, but September. Mason sponsorship. Yeah, this is a cool little tweet put up by uh, Michael Conti. Says excited to share that I'll be representing Dale Jr., Blake Cook Racing, and everyone at Filter Time. Uh, if you've listened to the Dale Jr. download. Um, the Dale Jr. is partnered with Blake Cook, a former Xfinity driver, for a uh, new product called Filter Time. 
Um, and uh, Michael Kine says, show your support for the companies who support esports by signing up for Filter Time today. Everyone needs clean air on and off the track. So sharp looking little number eight car here. Uh, we got some blue and white with uh, gray stripes up the side, kind of like in an arcing fashion. Got Dirty Mo Media on there. Um, so very cool. That's a really nice paint job for it. That, that'll be interesting to see it on the track. What's neat about this is we've seen this happen throughout the year where we get real sponsors come onto these peak cars that are associated with the the teams, okay? And so like JR Motorsports, you know, we all knew Dale started this business with Blake Cock and 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 basically you know, they're just using it as another vehicle to promote the business, you know, and and I think it's getting to a point where these teams are going to be at a disadvantage if they don't have a peak team to be able to promote their sponsors and their partners and their businesses, you know. On the social media aspect of, you know, like even look at this, like he's broadcasting it out, out on his Twitter page and, you know, that's where everything's coming from now is, you know, social media and you know, it's it, technically it's I you know I don't know if it's there's any benefit to Mike Conti uh, without with this besides having a painted car, but it's you know a good uh, billboard uh, for that company even though no, uh, he might not have a benefit of having it on the car for for Conti. Well, just the opportunity of eyeballs to learn about the brand and you know because of all the Dale, Dale Junior's fans because of the Dale Junior download. Because of, like you said, Twitter and everything else, there's just so many people are becoming more aware of it. I'm sure Dale uh, Jr. would have uh, promoted the uh, iRacing this week, but uh, he never got a chance to talk on his podcast. <laughs> oh, the John Wait, Forrest Dale, Dale had a podcast this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I think we all had fun with I thought it didn't get Forrest. uploaded. All right, next up, uh, a shout-out from a listener uh, we got from Nicholas Williams 4. He said, uh, hey, recently found your guys' podcast on Spotify, and it's great. I listened to the most recent episode and then went back and started at the first one. Some great content in there. I just started on iRacing at the end of March, and you and your guests on the podcast have helped shape my thoughts going into and throughout the races I've done so far. Hope you and your team keep it up. See you on the track when I get to A soon. Well, thanks, Nicholas, for the shout-out, and I'm glad you found us on Spotify. What I wanted to point out to our listeners is Nick uh, went back and listening to our old podcast, and boy, we have a ton of them, guys, that go back, what, more than four years now. 174 it's, episodes with this one tonight. There you go. So, uh, like like you said, it's still relevant. Uh, all that content is relevant today. So check it out if you're interested, if you have time. I encourage you to go to those back episodes and check them out. They're all out there, so go for it. And now for the final uh, story, Phil's Pit Stop. This is your scheduled Pit Stop. I'm Phil Linden. You might have heard me say this before, but I love Rallycross. I really do. It's multi-surface, it's heat racing, it's patience and courage, and that fiesta looks so good. And can we take a second to remember when Dirt Road first came out? Every session was full. But now, it's a ghost town. Look, I get it. You join the session, you qualify, that one guy has two seconds on the rest of the field, that other guy can't put a lap in, you wait the remaining eight minutes for your heat to start, turn one bloodbath, rookie takes you out, leader laps the field, wait for the next heat, watch the whole thing, you get into the feature or whatever, and then you crash out anyway. 
but it's just so fun. There's a flow to the track, you're constantly on the edge. It's not about a perfect lap every time, it's about getting in that rhythm, knowing your car, knowing the track. I always wondered how some folks could do hot laps on end with any other car or track combo, but with Rallycross, yeah, I feel that. What sucks is that I'm not fast, but I'm not slow either. So my I rating and safety rating history looks like the EKG of a hyperactive guinea pig. So yeah, I'll be racing in that IRX Pro qualifier for sure. Because hey, somebody has to be last. And goal number one is that's not going to be me. That's it for Phil's Pit Stop. Back to Mike and the guys for our hardware software. All right, thanks, Phil. Let's get into hardware. Chris, DIY motion platform. Yeah, a uh, open source um, motion platform from OpenSFX.com uh, for actuator setup. I man, I wish I, I dug around and tried to find an actual um, price on what it would cost to buy all this stuff. Couldn't find that, but um, man, it's. I think it's, I found it. Um, I didn't post it, but I was reading about this. I heard uh, two thousand for the parts, but for everything else you might need, it might be a total of twenty five hundred for the whole project. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, and I, I'm sure um, some of that price can depend on if you have a, a 3D printer. I think all, some of these right. parts can be 3D printed out, and if you don't, you might have to buy some of that stuff. But it, it looks like it operates really good. I mean, just as good as any D box I've seen. Um, I mean, it, it has a, a you know good motion, quick motion. Um, looked really good. The only thing I saw that kind of um, was a red flag for me. It said it was a 240 volt. Does that mean for us in the U.S., do you have to have an electrician come out and put a special wall jack in for this thing? No, there's a step-down box. I think they said it was 120 bucks or a step-up box that you can use. So awesome. you have to get one of those. But you're right. This is very comparable to D-Box, and it's a fraction of the price, literally. And I, I don't have the thread. I wish I would have saved it. But uh, one driver was talking about, he went to his local college where they had a 3D printer, and they printed everything up for really cheap for just a few dollars for him. So part of this is you have to buy the motors, but you have to 3D print all the little pieces that you need to put everything together. So it really is a DIY project. Somebody needs to uh, get this guy a thing on wire management. <laughs> so the website is opensfx.com. And uh, there's some videos there, and like you said, he needs some wire management. But boy, it's a it looks like a D box setup, you know. And it, but it's homemade. Pretty cool. All right, David, Xtal is the king of the VR. It carries the price tag of a king as well at uh, fifty four sixty two US. It's steep, but it's a beast. Uh, there's a twenty minute YouTube video here that you can watch that just goes into all kinds of detail some of the highlights include that it's that this guy that's reviewing it believes it has a sharp review field of view across the entire field um he says there's no screen door effect and it features better panel utilization which means you don't have to magnify as much giving you a higher active resolution it's 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 a beast uh i watched different parts of the video but if you want to spend five thousand on just vr this might be the one you want to go with go to 10 30 in the video and you'll see a picture of it sitting on the seat the thing is huge <laughs> yeah if i want to get bigger neck muscles i might just try wearing it uh and the quality of in this video that you see 
is outstanding. Now, I don't know if that's how it looks or if that's some kind of trick, but it looks really sharp. It gives you, uh, I think, 170, 180 degrees of FOV, too. So this this will give you that resolution, or the uh, FOV, similar to triples if you have 5,500 bucks to blow on it. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this before on the show, but uh, the reason we brought it back is because of this video. We got to do video out uh, by this guy who, uh, you know, did a nice test of it. But 5,462, go get it. Uh, the website to get it at is vrginers.com. All right, David, Podium Direct Drive. Tell us uh, what you got. Well, it came. mine came in. It came in on the day it was supposed to ship. It, it actually got delivered. I was pretty excited. We have a link that you actually hunted down that has some recommended settings. I looked through some of them, and most of them are pretty close to the Fanatec recommended settings. It, on In both cases, it kind of blows my mind that they actually th think you should run the force feedback at, at 100. Um, I suppose, I guess, on a car that doesn't have power steering, that, that will be realistic. But I tried to do it on the... Ferrari right at the beginning and it it really is like driving a car without power steering it is it is insanely powerful um so I'm running right now I haven't tweaked it for my LMP but I'm running for my Ferrari and my oval car I'm running it all the way down to 45 on the force feedback percentage on my wheel setting I want to set it on the wheel and leave it the same in game um and that feels pretty realistic it's it's early. I still have some tweaking to do. I'm going to keep reading and seeing what I can do to get rid of feelings uh, or certain things. I liked the way it felt at Dover last night. I could feel it bottoming out. Uh, I didn't really have too many problems getting loose, but when I did get loose, it seemed pretty easy to recover. Uh, my first impression, and it's still really early, is that the contrast, the dynamic contrast, the difference between when the force is being applied and when it's not is humongous to use a musician um analogy it just has it has a huger piano and it or a smaller piano and a larger forte and so i'm impressed so far the only thing i don't like so far on my desk is it's at a different angle and i had to use a little bit of creative engineering to get it up high enough to, to where it's comfortable, but it still sits flat instead of at the angle that the CSL base had. So I'm getting more tempted towards getting a, a, an actual rig as well. Okay. And so mounting went well, and is it solid? Or you have any problems with that? No, it holds. It holds. And it's a, it's, the strength is amazing. Um, it, it, interest, another interesting thing is it stays warm if you leave it on, even when it's not running. So I'm, I'm making a habit of turning it off at night. Now, did you Not, have the switch? No, I don't have a kill switch on it. I just reach around for the power in the back. But I, I don't have a rig, so if it starts just spinning on me, all I have to do is scoop my roller chair back and go unplug it. Yeah. I was going to say, did you not turn your CSL off when you were your old wheel? No, I never noticed it really being warm. I don't turn off my G27. There, oh, there, there's not a switch. Really? That's interesting. You guys leave power to it all the time. Yeah. There's, you know, there's interesting theories about that, even with computers, that um, some people say that, you know, it, you increase your wear and tear if you leave it on all the time. Some people say that when you're turning it on and off, 
the power cycle is actually harder on the hardware than if you just leave it on a sustained on all the time. I think with these DD wheels, you need to turn them off when you're not using them. Uh, that's well, my understanding. It stayed warm enough that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be powering at least the, the wheel down. All right. And then, Brent, you've got an email about a price increase. Yeah, Fanatec. I got an email today from their uh, support. Everybody the that's bought something from them did. Yeah. So um, apparently they're raising their prices on the, um, the equipment. It has to do with the motor between the dd1 and dd2 i don't have it pulled up right now so i can't tell you the prices but i think um it's we've about 400 dollars more for some of them one dollars or 11.99.95 us for the dd1 and 15.99.95 us for the dd2 it's 200 on the DD, on the one and 100 on the two uh but an increased warranty basically it comes down to the very reason they ended up having to back order the things for four months uh, there was a problem that they just couldn't fix with the DD1 drive. Uh, so they were basically using a, a spec down DD2 drive now. And that's bring the, it's, and they've just decided to go ahead and keep that. And that's, that's making their cost a little bit higher. And so they've had to bring the, the cost up. So if you get your order in before May 7th, you can beat the cost increase, which means I did get my DD will DD1 at the reduced price and also got a free rim out of it. And, I, pro- I, would, I probably would never would have gotten it, but I love having this F1 wheel now when I'm running in the sports cars. So uh, I ter- it all worked out really well for me in the long run. I had to there, wait a long time. There is another part of that, too, that they say that they could be possibly changing the motor of the DD1 down the road. So you got a good deal, David, by buying early because you got the, the $1,000 base and you got a free wheel to go with it. So now the base is $1,200, and you'd still have to buy the wheel. He's easily got like $1,700 worth of product, or $1,500 worth of products so sitting in front of him. If I go buy a DD1, can I get a NASCAR oval wheel for it, or do or what? You can. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, when I'm running when I'm running ovals, I use the Porsche rim. Because then I really don't need a button box. It has enough buttons on it that I can get away without a button box. Mike, they have an oval rim that's just like it's. I think it's one inch. I think it's one inch smaller than the Max Pappas. They're not the Max Pappas. The what is the? What's the ones that are MPIs? Right. Um, that's Max Pappas. Yeah, Max Pappas uh, rims. I think it's an inch smaller. But they the have that is big enough as well. That- but it's and it's smaller, and it's the same rim that that uh, that Matt Malone uses. Uh, he and I are using that one for the ovals. See, I want to buy a wheel, but I was planning on buying it in a month or two, not now. And if I buy it before May seventh, I could save me about two hundred bucks. But I'm not ready to do it this month. Well, so if you're thinking think, the DD two, it's only a hundred bucks. I don't know. I that's mean, a uh, pretty I, steep price tag. It is. That's Especially a lot if you're, of money. It's it's one thing, Mike, if you're already in the Fanatec family, but if you're starting from scratch, that's when it becomes more expensive. At the, yeah, at this point, I'm actually going to wait. I'm kind of hoping AccuForce comes out with a V3, and that would really just be tempting. Or maybe I'll look at the Sim Cube too more. Uh, that, that seems to be a popular choice, too. The other thing might be is maybe by Christmas time, everything might level out, and maybe they'll have a deal on it. Black Friday. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, a quick quote uh, about the GS5 motion seat that I'm in love with, which is $3,000. Uh, 
This guy said, I'd put the GS5 almost in a separate category versus other motion rigs. It's not that it moves you, it's that it presses against you in very precise ways. And so it's kind of a, a neat sentence that kind of elaborates that, hey, it's not moving you around like a motion rig. It's pushing against your back and thigh, and that's not really motion. That's kind of a different sensation. So, I, you know, you got to kind of be careful when you talk about this seat and throwing it in with other motion rigs. It's not apples to apples. Well, you could almost chalk this one up to like a, like a haptic feedback seat. Right. It, like, it's what remember I that little pad? In getting. Remember that little pad, Tony, that had the speakers in it we thought was pretty lame? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah, but this one actually has stuff like, yeah, literally pushing you and stuff. But Is this the one that on has the four, the four pads and it can basically yeah. do six degrees of motion? Yeah. I'm interested in that seat, even though I don't think I'll get the, or get the rig. I don't know. All right, let's keep moving. Tony Groves, dash and button box. Yeah, this comes from OpenSimRacing.com. Uh, they are offering some high-quality carbon fiber custom dash and button boxes. Um, currently, they're making Porsche and Ferrari center dash replicas. Um, I am really the wrong guy to, to read these ones. <laughs> <laughs> you sound I look, excited. I am Just because you're making your own doesn't mean you, people can't buy ones that are pre-made for them. Well, absolutely, absolutely. If you you know you got five six hundred dollars, you want to drop on this, you know all the power wow. to you. Um, I find them a little steep. I, but you know there again, like I'm I am not a road guy, so these don't appeal to me whatsoever. So like that's why I said I'm the worst guy to talk about them. Uh, aesthetically, like they look beautiful. Like they're they look like they're well made. Um, uh, the the various ones that they've got, you know they they they've got all the options you want. Um, I, I still think, okay, five, $600 Canadian. So whatever the conversion rate is, it's much less in American, um, 1.34, but it's, uh, you know, it's, I still think the the price is kind of high for, a for a button box. I know it's going after a, a certain look, so maybe that's what, uh, that's a replica kind of look. Yeah, I'm not sure why you would need it if you have something like the this F1 wheel, because I have buttons I'm not even using on it to assign to everything. Yeah, I, I think, think this is more go. I think these are more targeted towards people that are going with the full dash, just by just through looking at them and stuff and the flush mounts on them. Looking at the back of them, there's not really a, a whole good way to mount them if you were yeah, to do any, ram mounts or something. Any F1 car or in no, there. Did I mute it? I think I didn't hit my button. Everything's on the wheel in in an F1 car, or or an Indy car. Yeah, this well, is these a aren't, Ferrari. Yeah, these aren't Porsche. for Indy car. These are for Ferrari and Porsches. So it's just interesting. Like that's like you can get a full dash from Derek Spears Designs for a third of that price. Like it's that some of I I think you're paying more for the person picking the cars that they're trying to make the replica dashes from more than what the actual box is really worth. Like you're paying for like the car it's supposed to replicate. Well, let's, um, like, okay. Textured black carbon composite. I don't know if that's real carbon fiber or not, but if it's real carbon fiber, that's, that's, that's worth a pretty penny. The dials and switches look very, um, 
you know, they're, they're quality. It's quality stuff. Um, yeah, you're you're gonna pay a premium because it's built for a specific car for a specific look. Um, but from everything that I can see and understand from this, like they look nice and they seem to be very well built. Um, but I'm a cheapskate. I don't like the price, so they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we haven't seen any functionality on them yet. You know, it'd be nice to see a YouTube video or something with see how they work. I'm sure there's some little nuances in them. Yeah, that's OpenSimRacing.com. We've talked about them before. Uh, they We've talked about their cockpits. They have some great-looking cockpits. Uh, but these button boxes are a new offering, so check those out. Uh, Chris, uh, Acer VR. Yeah, Acer has uh, a new Ojo headset coming out. Um, they haven't announced. Uh, there's no release date, no price yet. But man, it looks looks like another nice VR headset. It's going to be um, 4K. Um, we're going to dual 2160 by 2160 LCD panels. It's going to have uh, IPD adjustment, and that I believe, um, Mike, is so. Uh, some headsets, including the Rift, they have a little dial. Uh, that's built into them that can adjust how far the lenses are apart from each other, and as to keep you know everybody's eyes are different um, widths apart, and so that is um, I believe the fix the eye racing just added um, is kind of an adjustment that fixes that for uh, the headsets that don't have that little dial. But um, like I said this one does have that, and also built-in sound pipe technology. Um, the audio will emanate from an opening in the strap near the ears. So, uh, okay. so yeah, sounds good. Um, they're guessing uh, between about five hundred to a thousand dollar price tag. So this is going to be, you know, a, a higher end, but not one of the ridiculous five thousand dollar headsets like we looked at earlier. This is a spinoff or a carbon copy or whatever of the HP Reverb which uses the same LCD panels, except the HP Reverb that we've talked about before uh, doesn't have that IPD that you're talking about for the inner pupillary distance. Uh, and that this Acer model does, and that's the key difference, and that's the way I understand it, is if you need that, the Acer's the way to go. If you don't, the HP Reverb is the way to go. Yeah, that's a big deal. And I don't know how you would even really tell if um, it was something you needed or not until you have strapped the thing on your head. So I think if I was buying a headset, I would just want to make sure that was built into it so I wouldn't have to mess yeah. with it. About the only way you could is if they had one in a, in a store that you could actually throw on your head. All right, no release date for that yet. Um, all right, next, Brent. Brad Keselowski, Spotter Pack. Yeah, Bladewit has released a Spotter Pack for Brad Keselowski, his spotter, and crew chief at himself. I have not tested this out yet. I actually just downloaded it about 20 minutes ago. I'm going to give it a try tonight in NIS Fixed Race. Have any of you guys had a chance to try this brand new spotter pack out? I haven't. Nope. I hate Brad. Well, well, is it Joey Meyer who's no longer with Brad, or is it Brad's new spotter? We're about to find out later tonight. I'll let you guys know. So yeah, I love Joey <laughs> Meyer. Joey Meyer is awesome. Yeah, check out next week, and I will have a full review for you guys. All right. So it's a Dropbox, and I don't know how to tell the listeners to find it except go to our show notes. Yeah, if you go to the show notes, there's a uh, it pulls up the Dropbox screen, and then there's a download button in the upper right hand corner. So pretty simple. Yeah, he doesn't have it like posted anywhere like besides Dropbox. So all right, let's keep moving. Greg, the Fanatec Club Sport F1 2019 Limited Edition. 
So on Fanatec's official Instagram page, they had uh, posted a video for or a video showing their new design wheel. It's basically the same version of the uh, same rim that they've been putting out in different colors, but they have it in the dark. I guess you call it dark gray Silver. or silverish color. It actually looks uh, really nice. Actually, I think that's probably that is probably one of the better colored ones that uh, uh, I like. But uh, they're also advertising it. If you buy this uh, rim, you get uh, F1 2019 for a dollar. Um, so you can have that from Steam or PlayStation 4 uh, with this. Don't forget it has that logo there in the middle, the F1 logo. It's on there. Oh, so it... they had to pay for that, I bet. Oh, I'm sure that was probably really expensive. This wheel retails for $349.95 US. I mean, that is a sharp-looking wheel. Yeah. So, Mike, you're going to get this one so you can get F1 2019 for a dollar? Well, nah. one euro? I'm, I'm seriously interested in that. Yeah, I want an oval wheel. I don't need a road wheel. If I race road, it'll be with the oval wheel. So, All right, let's sneak in one more here. Chris, iRacing Spotlight. Yes. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, so this is a Facebook post. Um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. They're announcing uh, their um, new uh, flagship retail project, the iRacing Spotlight VS. Uh, it's basically a light that you can attach to your monitors that will light up when a car is inside or outside of you. So this is a way to have a, a that visual indicator when a car is you know on your six basically it's this is really cool another thing i i didn't look at long enough to find the price for this thing but man if i was running any kind of monitor i would have to have this that's like uh they have in cars nowadays when you got it on your mirrors blind spot yeah and, yeah and it stays on the whole time the car is there too so i uh, yes it's it's great, man. I just I think you're at a disadvantage to somebody that's using this if you're not, especially someplace say like Daytona or Talladega. Now two, for the two audio green lights on at a time. I want to describe what this looks like in the video. So he's got a one monitor, and on each side of it are like LED strips where there's lights at the top left along the left side and along the right. So there's lights on the top and the bottom, and then as he's racing and he gets beside somebody, those lights will light up on the top left and the bottom left if there's somebody to the inside. And so he can tell by the lights if he's clear or not. It's kind of neat. Just an FYI, Sim Racing Apps has a widget that does the kind of the same thing. But these are on the outside of your screen. Yeah. Um, there, if you go to Midwest Simulations on Facebook... So you search Midwest Simulations. Um, that's their kind of website, and they have a link uh, for squareup.com that sends you to the shop to purchase. And uh, without all the cables, it's 40 With all the cables, it's 50 It's also awesome. a pretty good value. What are you getting these, Mike? That's pretty cool. I'm definitely thinking about that. I'm guessing it's USB-driven. Yeah, it looks like yep. it. You have to set the sensitivity of what you want, though. You know what I mean? In iRacing? I would guess, at least. It's a USB mini cable. I just saw that. Thanks, Tony. Now, this is something I can <laughs> bite into. You see that? That 
that price range, that's beautiful, and it's functional. And it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice upgrade, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So I'm guessing, is it running off of software, or is it running just using the actual something? For, is it recognizing something from iRacing? It, iRacing it's, it's API. API. Yeah, the iRacing appy is always telling all the apps whether somebody's on your outside or not. Just like yeah. uh, Crew Chief basically spots for me instead of the regular spotter. Okay. Now, Tony, you could, Tony, you could make this with some Christmas lights. Well, I would actually use some <laughs> LED lighting if I could, you know, if I could figure it out. Because unfortunately, these guys don't ship to Canada, so I am out ski, but. Man, that that's that's pretty sweet. I like it. You could almost could you not like use these like if you had I guess if you had like a multicolored light, could you kind of use them for eye flag too as the same thing? Like all of a sudden they'd start flashing for a caution or something. That would be cool. All right, this would keep... be sorry, sorry, Mike, but this would be a great complement to the eye flag. Um, right. Absolutely. And I don't know if we mentioned this, but these work under caution. Which your iRacing spotter does not. Uh, <laughs> He's eating ice cream. Let him be. All right, we're running out of time. Let's get the results. Uh, finish up Talladega Friday Open. Uh, Brent P two. Yeah, led a good chunk of the race. Came down pit road, green flag pit stop. My second one, I think. And I just ten miles an hour over. So came out about fifteen seconds back. Made up about. I don't know, 12, 12 of those seconds, and we couldn't, I just ran out of laps, could not get back up to the front with the guys. All right, Tony Rochette got P31, very early running sixth, and second place blew his motor and wrecked most of the top 10, stuck around and spotted for Brent. Uh, Mason, you wrecked out. Yeah, I don't know how, but it was probably pointless. Okay, and then Chris, P7. Yeah, this is probably my best race of the week. This one hurt a little bit. I, I, did all the right things in the last four laps and got into the lead, held the lead. And the only way I was going to lose that race was getting wrecked. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, third place turned or second place turned up into the guy on my outside and turned him down into me and wrecked all of us. But he yeah, still came up with P7. So not a total loss. All right. And then Greg, you crashed out early. Uh, Saturday uh, fixed afternoon. Uh, Tony Rochette also wrecked twice. A Sunday open, Tony got, got a P19, got taken out of the lead with seven to go by the outside front car when he was clipped by his pusher. Love tally, but ugh. And then Mason, P4. Yeah, this was a good race. Um, I kind of hung back because I didn't trust anyone up front. And, and that as, paid off. Yeah, as we kept going there, I got behind a couple guys I usually race with, and I was on the low line pushing P1, and someone else was on the, the high line pushing P2, and, and they just outdid me because I was gonna—I felt like I was gonna blow my engine. I was 285 on the oil temp coming out of turn four, and I was like, well, I could blow it, you know. I don't want to wreck the entire field, but P4. All right, uh, David, you got wrecked out early, and. I lost the Tega lottery, basically. <laughs> Sunday fixed. I got a P26. Uh, I was wrecked out in the first caution. I had a horrible, horrible Talladega week. Just bad, bad luck. Uh, Jesse, you ran with me that race. You got a P9. Yeah, I, uh, both the previous races of the week, I was caught up in messes. So I just stuck to the bottom, played it safe, and right at the end, there was just nowhere to go but to stay on the bottom. And I wanted to go high, even though I hadn't learned my lesson, apparently. But 
they wrecked up high and I wasn't involved for once. So, yeah, I take the top 10. All right, Chris, you got another good run, P3, good race. Yeah, it was almost really bad. I was I was trying, I was racing for the lead. Um, the leader pulled a, a real hard block on the outside, and I, I followed him back down to the bottom, and I, I uh, spun across the third-place guy's nose and sent myself to the back. And with only a couple laps to go, though, I restarted 13th and got all the way up to the third with um, with Mason's help. He was spotting me that race, and it makes all the difference in the world having a live spotter tell you where to go. Yeah, a tally, it really helps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a ton of help, but yeah, good finish. Yeah, they were just like a conveyor belt at the front, and just one person go to first, then they go high, and next one go to first, it just circle right around. The trick yeah. is, is when you when you're get to the front and you're in the top lane, don't go to the bottom. Just stay there in the second lane. All right, Tony Rochette at uh, Dover. Okay, so let's move on to Dover. Wednesday fixed. I missed because my work schedule changed. Uh, Tony Rochette, P18, he got totaled with 60 to go. Uh, Brent, P21, emotions got the best of you. Yeah, qualified P32, I should have qualified. But uh, P21 wrecked early and DQ'd, raced with Tony that race. And we had a good race going. It's just a, uh, it was a mess later on. Dover. All right, Wednesday open. Uh, David, P8. Fairly clean, didn't have any X's. Uh, the set we were running was great long run. I would always lose a lot of spots in the first five laps, and then 10, 15 laps into the run, everybody would come back to me. Made an adjustment for the last 30-lap run that we had, and it paid off. Uh, it was a little faster on the short run and was able to get all the way up to P8. Okay, and Greg, you wrecked out. Wrecked myself. That's even worse. Yep, my luck. I see on there, Greg. You asked yourself, "Should you quit? Are you are you done, or are you sticking around?" <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just rethinking. If you notice today, I was rethinking life in <laughs> iRacing. I don't think I'm going to quit. I just got to change my focus. Just somehow. take a look. Take a look at one of our other members' eye rating, and you'll you'll feel better about yourself. <laughs> I'm Sorry. on my way down to him. <laughs> Yeah, we'll I've lost 500 die rating in the last four weeks. I've, I've lost 600 in, since Richmond. So, All right, hang in there. Jesse, P7. Yeah, it was a good run. I uh, ran just outside of the top 10 the whole race. And like uh, David had said, the set just didn't fire off right away. But after a few laps, it rolled good for us. And running right there with Greg before his incident, hoping to get a good finish with him too. But me and Chris both had a really good run. Finish seventh. Happy. See, I think that was my problem. You guys were saying it won't, wouldn't fire off the beginning. I was already making up positions on the beginning of that run with the same set. <laughs> and then I wrecked myself. Okay. Nah. All right, moving on to Brent. You had a, what I call redemption. This time you qualified. It seemed to be the difference. Yeah, definitely. So the set that I ran, I think I've only, I only put in a total of about one hour working on it and that's a set that majority of us run i think that uh that wednesday night qualified p1 finished p1 leading 146 laps i tell you these guys say it took off slow and it did for about the first seven seven to ten laps it wasn't the quickest out there but after that it would really start to run these guys down and i learned after listening to these guys i think the difference is you really got to manhandle this car for lack of a better word with this setup so you can really throw it around and dive it down in there and it seemed to work out and it all came together towards towards the end for me. So you're yeah, thinking you can... with the new package, you need to be more aggressive? 
Yeah, I mean, you got that you got that extra downforce on there. So with that and the um, the correct setup and the build, I think it really helps. And being able to throw it down into that corner and get that run off and still being able to hold on to it, it helped quite a bit. So it was interesting because at the end of this run, we had a long, about 67 green flag laps. I was about four laps away from, from having to pit. So to get that here at Dover was pretty fun. Don't tell Greg to be more aggressive. He'll never finish a race again. <laughs> Wow. What did you call? What did you call me earlier today, Chris? That pissed me off. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't remember. Greg, Greg Rectus. Uh, yeah, yeah, last night. Rectus. All right. Oh, it was last night. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, wo I woke up to that message. That's right. That was what. That was the first thing I woke up to in the morning to read on our our uh, messenger page. Thank you for that. Night. As the listeners may hear, we are an extremely supportive team of each other. Yes. Well, good win. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're you are kicking ass this year. I mean, you have the most wins on the teams, obviously in NIS. So Bob you're just getting it done. Wins. Oh, that's not true. I started up there with you, Greg. Come on now. <laughs> supportive. But you've lost a lot we just said supportive. I think Brent, you've you've won a lot, but you've probably have lost more. Is that safe yeah. to say? Yeah. My problem is I've, I got wrecked out of lead twice, and then my issue is and. I am doing the complete opposite that Chris is doing. Chris is actually finishing these races and running these races out. I get wrecked and I get pissed off and I leave and go do 12 ounce curls with the, with the Miller light in the fridge. So that's what that's I how did. We stuff. <laughs> okay. Let's keep moving. Uh, Thursday open. I ran my first race of the week at Dover and P nine. I got wrecked in the first lap crash before the start finish line. So we're coming to the start and the guy on the bottom, I think, uh, in fifth spun his tires and took out the outer lane including me i had about two minutes damage i got it fixed uh it was okay and uh we we did have a pitting under green flag i did pit uh and then the caution came out right after i pitted so i was like three laps down i ended up uh, getting a couple back with staying out uh, for wave rounds and ended up p9 i'll take it First top 10 in several weeks, so I'm real happy with that. Uh, Tony Rochette ran with me. He got a P6. He said he got sideswiped early after Fix uh, stayed in the top 10. He had many green flag runs in that race. In fact, Tony's race got done before mine. There were only three splits today. I was in the middle, and he was in the bottom. All right, David, what's our intramural standings? All right, for the podcast standings, Scales continues to lead the Open points at 311 um he gained a little distance on me i didn't have a great talladega week and then stiver also closed his gap to me i'm 26 points behind mason is 29 points behind then down in the fixed set uh mccoy also holds on to about a half race lead with bill hall sticking around about half a race behind at 26 points down and lsu kind of slipping a little yeah. uh at 44 points down it's a four wins for McCoy, man. Yep. All right, Chris, OBRL, what happened there? I had a good race uh, Monday night. We were at South Boston. Uh, it was a clean race, one caution on a short track. I finished 13th. Um, I'm on probation in that series, so I was just trying to bring it home clean and did that with a 0x. And uh, our Talladega race Sunday, man, what a fun race. Uh, ended up third. Ran a bunch of laps, but there at the end, I I made some bad moves and plus had a couple of uh, teammates up above me that just blew my doors off. But 
what a lot of fun racing with those guys. Hey, you better tell them if uh, they don't take you off probation, I'll come down there and start running with them again. There you go. <laughs> Throw down. Take me off right away. <laughs> All right, let's get into final thoughts. Brent McCoy. Yeah, just keep up the good racing. Short and sweet for me. All right. Chris Scales, final thought. I want to welcome Jesse to the team. I raced with him a little bit before he joined, and yeah, great racer. Um, great guy. I'm, I'm sorry we'll probably ruin you um, here in Tifosi, but <laughs> glad to have you, man. All right. Yes, we're very happy to have you. Uh, David Hall, final thought. Well, I've already spoken about the the new base. I'm excited. Um, still streaming. I've been busy this week. Had a lot of concerts. It's that time of the year for for a band director. He's only done 400 races instead of the 500. <laughs> how about one? That's literally how many <laughs> I've run this week. Uh, I you know, and I like to run an official race before the NIS race, just to because I feel like a race is better practice than practice. But I didn't get to do that. So I was probably playing last night at Dover pretty conservative too. I would like uh, I'm I'm a little torn on the streaming. I like how easy it is to get the word out on Facebook, but it's hard to interact with people. I can, there's no app that'll read the stuff to me, and I'm I post a Discord link, but nobody's really popping on Discord to chat, and I just can't see I can't find an easy way to see the comments on Facebook in in VR. And it not take up the entire screen. There's no way to pull that window pane out where it's by itself. So All right. I'm, I'm considering going to Twitch. I don't I haven't decided yet. Well, you heard him, Mark Zuckerberg. Get that fixed. All right, Greg Hectus, final thoughts. Uh, let's start another week. Let's try that. Read this is a start over, a do over for me. Let's start over. Yeah, NIS is a tough, tough beast, and uh, you'll have some down weeks for sure. So, yeah, let's move on to the next week. All right, Mason Stiver, final thought. Yeah, it's been a rough week for me. I was testing a lot on Sunday night and uh, broke my uh, Club Sport V2.5 wheelbase and P1 Ooh. rim. So I've been in contact with Fanatec. I have to mail it back. Uh, I'm probably going to end up mailing it on Saturday morning. Um, but it one of the pins broke off in the... Uh, rim that broke off in the wheelbase and I couldn't get it out there so I'll be doing that this weekend thankfully I have a Thrustmaster back up I keep trying to sell it but uh, I guess I'm not going to it's a good thing you have a backup yeah yeah I wouldn't sell it if I were you alright Tony Groves final thought alright we lost Tony Jesse Gray final thought yeah just thanks for the invitation to join the team uh, glad to be here excited to get a first win with you guys and hopefully we don't uh have a pace car go missing like me and chris did at road to pro this week uh, i'd never want to experience that again yikes you had a pace car go away yikes 40 laps with no pace car everybody just had to pace it out it was interesting two cars dq'd in the middle of doing so so we picked up a couple spots but yeah it was it was ugly all right uh my final thoughts uh wow we're uh Getting a lot of traction on the podcast, a lot of activity. We, our, our listener base is growing exponentially, um, just like uh, everything that's going on with iRacing. Everything is growing, and so are we. And so we're going to actually beef up the description of the podcast. So if you ever watch a podcast, you scroll up, you'll see a short description. Well, we're going to try to beef that up. we got some smart links in there now. 
uh, to everybody who's uh, on the podcast. You can click on that and interact with those feet people on social media. You can get links to the show notes, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, and so forth, and all the different podcast uh, options out there, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and so forth. And so check that out. Look for it. Uh, we're kind of putting something together and trying something new. And uh, with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.